Yeah, here we are, Dad Static, episode 40. Wow, 40 episodes of just a little uh, fun stuff, trying to share the truth to at least a few folks that maybe it'll um, help us open our eyes up to some of the craziness and some of the corruption that's going on out there around our world and certainly in our own country. Um, this is something I, I watched a little short on um, the Daily Wire. And if you don't have the Daily Wire, it's a pretty good source for a lot of information. Much of it is, it's not all conservative, but it's certainly talking about they're passing on the truth of what's going on. This one is just about our relationship with uh, China. Now, there's a very deep, dark relationship with China that many of our elites across the country, Hollywood, our, our education system, and so many other things that are influenced by China and the CCP. Um, been reading a book, kind of going back and forth. I should be done with it already, but I'm about halfway done with a book called Red Handed by Peter Schweizer. And it's, called, it's about how American elites get rich helping China win. It's very disturbing when you find out how many people and how many organizations in this country have pretty much been sold out to China when it comes to military secrets, corporate secrets, um, uh, traditional marketing, education system across the board. It's, it's really mind-blowing and really scary at the same time. Um, but going along with it, um, the Daily Wire did some shorts uh, about different things in our the unseen that goes on with China and the United States, certainly with our many of our elites. Um, but the one that I wanted to point, uh, talk about just for a few minutes was the relationship with the NBA in China. And I do this because I'm a big sports fan. I grew up, man, I tell you, as a kid, boy, I mean, literally, where I grew up, I'm 51 years old now, we had a... I always liked sports, and my dad wasn't a huge sports guy. He, but my dad, boy, I give him credit. He he worked a lot on the assembly line at Ford. He worked all the time to build a. Heck, he built a, um, a, a room on my great grandfather's house. That literally there was no indoor plumbing when we moved in there. I was about four years old. I you know I had vague memories of it, but um, he essentially as soon as we got that house. It was built in the 30s. There was no indoor plumbing, so it was an outhouse in the back that I don't remember ever using. I'm sure they did early on because they had no choice, but he learned how to build on. He put a septic tank in. He built on a uh, back room for the uh, put all the um, connections in, the piping in for um, uh, a bathroom. Uh, when I was a little kid, he learned how to do that while he was working at the on the assembly line at the Ford plant in Atlanta. And he also learned how to build on and build a, <laughs> two extra rooms on it. So my brother and I would have a room to stay in. And we would all have to stay in, like, share two rooms in the whole house. Cause it was a very small house. And uh, he learned how to do it. He just read. And he learned. And he worked hard. And he just, um, he did it. But I remember we had an old barn that was back there. It was my grand, I don't think it was my great-grandfather's. It was his house previously. I think that one was just too dilapidated and old and, and rickety. So they kind of knocked it over. And um, I have vague memories of it. I actually, earliest memories of ever shooting a basketball ever, this is like 1973 or 4, was shooting some sort of ball into a peach basket for real. Because back in the 70s, there were still plenty of peach orchards on the south side of Atlanta. Many of them are gone now. You have to go further down toward Macon and Fort Valley, Georgia, and in central Georgia to get to the peach orchards now. But uh, everybody seemed to have peach baskets. And that sounds crazy, and I really sound old, but we had a peach basket. <laughs> but the whole way, we can afford to just waste the peach basket. The, the, um, 
the bottom was still in it. So it was only about a, probably a five foot goal. And my dad had like a ladder and he would let me shoot it and he would, um, he would get it out for me or my brother did. He was a little bit older than me. Um, but that was my earliest, um, remembrance of playing any kind of sports, playing basketball too. Um, and we even had a rim. We never had a backboard. We had a rim that we nailed to the side of a barn that my dad built when I was probably seven or eight or nine. And, uh, of course, the backboard was the barn with, like, you know, the wood. So it wasn't a flat backboard. So if it hit there at the right angle on the wood, the ball wouldn't bounce straight. It wouldn't bounce right anyway. But uh, I have fond memories. You know, I was happy when we actually got a net and hooked onto it. We never had a backboard. But we didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked hard to earn his money and to um, – yeah, uh, yeah, my dad worked pretty hard. Uh, he just kind of learned. He learned how to do it. But one thing he always did, he always took time to play. Uh, throw the ball with me, uh, shoot hoops with me a little bit, pitch the ball to me so I could hit some baseballs. So he always did that. He was always a good, a great dad, always. Always worked hard, always took care of us um, and spent time with us. Uh, but I had a love of sport as a, sports as a kid. Always loved sports when I was a little kid growing up in the, you know, the suburban Atlanta area. Um, favorite players, of course, Dale Murphy was my favorite. Brave, um, you know, um, yeah, football, uh, the Falcons, Steve Barkowski, and, you know, later on, William Andrews, and then, you know, later on, Deion Sanders when I was in college and stuff. And um, But, um, you know, basketball, loved. Dominique Wilkins kind of came on the scene with the Hawks, I think, when I was 12 or 13. And I was always just a huge Dominique fan. Dominique um, always go head-to-head with whenever he and Bird would clash. It'd always be just a, an offensive juggernaut. It would be so much fun to watch. And I always liked the NBA. And I never really went to too many games, but you just couldn't afford it when I was younger. But I, I always liked it, um, enjoyed it. Wasn't a great basketball player, but loved the sport, loved watching it. Um, but um, this this um, special I saw from the Daily Wire, and I've read about some of this too, and some other things, just kind of where our where the NBA stands. NBA is the most infiltrated by the CCP, Communist China, uh, certainly than any other major American sport. Um, <clears throat> and of course, as in any sport, you're trying to make it global because then you know, there's more eyeballs on it and more money to be made. Well. Um, you know, China was very obviously a very close country with us. Uh, the leader was Mao. I think he came into power in the late 40s um, through his social changes or whatever he was doing through communism. He starved millions of people of his own, of his own people. Um, very closed off country. Um, uh, certainly anybody that did not agree with him or they, they would be in prison or killed anyway because uh, that's just how communism goes. Um, you tend to go along or you won't go along anymore. Um, but uh, it, it talked about what kind of happened in the early 70s. Of course, Nixon uh, reached out and tried to kind of, he went and one of the first sitting presidents, I think, I don't know history is exactly, but they had gone over to China in 1972 and kind of opened things up with China. Uh, but before that happened, the United States had sent over some delegations of ping pong players where they had played ping pong against the uh, the best of the Chinese ping pong players and kind of reminds me of Forrest Gump or something that's probably what that's from I guess because um, there's the, the scenes where he's playing ping pong with the guys I believe in China and um, um, it kind of opened up things through sports a little bit through America and China uh, kind of came from that um, but one thing that uh, they mentioned is that um, Chairman Mao 
was really particularly interested in, they heard this in a lot of his speeches, uh, especially in the 60s when we were having the Civil Rights Movement uh, here. Um, he, had a great, he had a lot of great interest and curiosity about the race relations in our country. So he wanted to learn more about that. So uh, before, actually before the ping pong players came over, I'm assuming this is late 60s, maybe 1970, he invited a delegation of the Black Panthers over. And uh, he did this to find out a little bit more about just um, race relations, because obviously Black Panthers was a very big entity at the time in America, uh, not really standing up the way Martin Luther King did all peace, but they had a great influence in our country. And the communists wanted to know more about it. Um, So um, that's one thing they've learned over the years. They've studied us. They've infiltrated us to find out how things work, what can be done to divide us. They don't want to be like us. They don't want to be westernized. They're doing their best to keep their people in their country from knowing about the Western world and the Western ways. I and mean, it's very hard to do, um, but uh, that's something they've always wanted to do. But the thing is, the, the China is stronger, certainly when we're weaker. And, um, and that's one reason they wanted to know about what racial division meant to the United States. They don't have that over there doesn't happen in China. It's, it's pretty simplistic. If you're not if you're not Chinese or you don't go along with what they say and believe what they say, you're not going to go along very well. You're going to either be killed, thrown in prison, certainly exiled, whatever it may be. <clears throat> Same reason why um, the Uyghur, the Uyghurs, um, well, the province that has the Uyghurs with the Muslims, and uh, I believe it's in northern China, um, there's a lot of um, human rights atrocities going on there with that, with forced labor, um, uh, executions, certainly, and uh, also in detention camps. Uh, they're not treated the same as other Chinese because they're Muslim. And you would think as Americans we would stand up pretty strongly to that. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of that information is hidden as much as possible, certainly in the mainstream media. And um, we don't hear about it so much. But... Um, the uh, story goes on to say a little bit about, sorry, this bag of groceries out of the way here. Um, but the one thing uh, they talked about, several different things, but how it, how it um, worked out with sports is really the biggest thing that kind of kicked things off to where we are now is in the early 2000s, Yao Ming, as you some of you have heard if you're basketball fans or NBA guys, you know you've heard of Yao Ming. Yao Ming was a great Chinese basketball player, seven foot six. Um, he was in the league not too long. He was a great player, but he, he could not sustain, um, you know, just the, the wear and tear because of his, his legs, his knees, his feet, and he had a hard time doing it. But the great thing about him for the Chinese, or the CCP, was that he was a great pawn for the Chinese. They were able to put a Chinese player who was very good, I think he actually was on a couple of all-star teams, put him up, the, up, against, up against the very best. Sorry, and the, yeah, they put him up against the best, and he held his own. He was a very good player. Um, but at the same time, he was coming in and became a, I guess, a rage for the Chinese to watch um, uh, NBA basketball. By them doing that, they were um, uh, they noticed, so the NBA certainly realized, the power of having someone like that in the NBA. They knew the NBA, or they knew the Chinese people loved basketball, but would they follow the NBA? So essentially, the same time that Ming was coming over, starting his career with the Rockets, uh, Michael Jordan was ending his career in the NBA. He retired, I think, in oh, 
oh two oh three somewhere in there um but in the early 2000s jordan um went to china to help push his nike brand air jordan uh at the same time that uh, yao ming was starting his career of course so you had the um kind of stirring up some um big time interest in nba basketball in china certainly more than it had ever had before so the NBA understood uh, just how powerful it was to have an NBA player from China to try to sort of get this going, um, uh, get it going, and at the same time market the NBA over there with the greatest player at, as, at up to that time was certainly Michael Jordan. There wasn't much question about that now. Um, LeBron James is up in that echelon with him now and certainly the most popular basketball player in the world the last at least 15, 20 years uh, for himself. Um, one thing about Ming, Ming had a family. His mother was actually a very, very strong, strong supporter of, of Chairman Mao um, as she was growing up. So much of that was passed down to um, Yao Ming. He was a, you know, a, a staunch supporter and you know, towed the line along with the CCP like he had to do. Uh, but he, came, he became a marketing tool to kind of show a softer side of China in America. Um, and that's really the one. It's kind of hard to show a softer side when you're a CCP dictator to try to get convince Americans uh, to want to follow and understand and kind of soften your thoughts on what China really is. That was kind of a that was a propaganda machine in itself. It was a campaign, I should say, to make China look better in the eyes of Americans, and that's kind of what happened by um, you know getting uh, Chinese uh, the Chinese people watching the NBA. And um, and having a player over here from China who was part of the CCP, um, you know, seeing him compete against uh, America's best, uh, that was kind of a great way for China to kind of um, infiltrate or at least to put a softer spin on what communism was in China. Of course, we know that certainly now that much of that is hidden. Uh, communism always is like that. Anyone who stands up against the party, will, will, as we know, um, it's not going to go very well for them. So, so Jordan's pushing the NBA and his and Nike. Uh, same time, Chow Ming is creating a, a large career over here. Uh, once they figured out that the uh, NBA was going to be huge in China, um, NBA um, uh, saw many many billions of dollars <laughs> that could be made. So uh, they had to get on board. And outside of uh, America, uh, China has become the number two NBA market. Uh, in number two NBA partner, $1.5 billion TV contract with China right now. There's a $1.25 billion contract, television contract with China. So that tells you just how many people are watching, how many people are probably buying, certainly because of that, are buying apparel, shoes, jerseys, things along those lines. Um, um, you know, just so much that goes into it. Um, and what happened back, uh, now this is, um, I'm not sure if this was like in 1819, right in there. Um, you know, this you've probably heard it in the news about some of the um, democracy being under attack in some of these places that are uh, China somewhat controls. You think about Hong Kong, certainly some countries over there is in Taiwan. Um, but um, in I think it was in 19, the NBA actually would not allow anyone to say anything negative about China or anything positive about any pro-democracy country or territory that China didn't, you know, was trying to rein in, like Hong Kong and Taiwan. Um, uh, 
in the, some of the uh, NBA arenas around the country in the United States, some people actually had banners up inside the arenas for some games. They were pro-Hong Kong uh, democracy. Uh, these banners are not only forced to be taken down, but these people who hung them up inside the American arenas, these NBA arenas, were kicked out of the arenas. They were kicked out of the arenas for putting up, uh, this is freedom of speech, right? For putting up a banner that said pro-Hong Kong because she was something China did not want us to do that. So because China's eyeballs and those billion-dollar contract was so important, the NBA will not allow anything to be said negatively about China. Case in point, Daryl Morey was the general manager for the Houston Rockets. 1919, he tweeted, he put out a tweet in support of a free Hong Kong or pro-democracy in Hong Kong. He was immediately shot down. The NBA told him not to do it. Um, James Harden even said, we love the NBA. Daryl Moore doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and then it finally got to LeBron, where LeBron had a, um, and I'll probably share this at the end, LeBron had a, a little a little clip where he talked about how Daryl Moore didn't know what he was talking about. He should get some more information when he goes out there and says things dangerous like this. Of course, dangerous is saying pro-democracy <laughs> in Hong Kong. Uh, not dangerous, shouldn't be dangerous to a pro-democracy like America, you would think. And uh, but LeBron decided to say that, you know, Daryl Morey doesn't know what he's talking about. He might want to know what he's talking. about. You can't just go out and tweet stuff like this. It could hurt people physically, spiritually and financially. Well, I think LeBron hit on exactly what it was. LeBron makes billions of dollars or has made billions of dollars over the years with contracts with China. LeBron has a massive contract with Nike. has been going on for years. He also has a massive contract with Coca-Cola uh, and many other companies. Uh, some may not be, it may not be over there as much as it is here, but when LeBron said it could hurt people physically, could hurt people emotionally, spiritually, and financially, he was talking about financially for himself. The NBA makes billions of dollars, and that's the reason the NBA players, are, many of them are so filthy, stinking rich, because not just their contracts, but uh, ad dollars and apparel sales. And, uh, and I'm sure LeBron's not the only one that sells products in China or their, with their picture on it. So LeBron called Daryl Morey pretty much stupid. He was the general manager of the Rockets at the time because he'd said something that could potentially hurt his financial, um, some of his finances coming from China. Uh, anything, if, we, if China stopped showing the NBA games, guess what? NBA players, NBA owners, NBA owners, NBA owners start making a lot less money. Uh, so um, you see why uh, LeBron. It's funny how LeBron likes to stand up, and he's a um, um, hard, hard. Uh, he's a hard, 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 hard push for as a social justice, um, you know, um, warrior about uh, police brutality or. Um, and so many things that goes along with that, just fairness and, and, and all the way across the board, treating people equal, always asking for equality, um, defund the police, all these things, um, which we're not saying there aren't some things that aren't pretty over here in the United States of America, but we are the freest country in the world, period. But LeBron stands up on this pedestal, says police are evil, or police are bad, which helps doesn't doesn't help the police when they're fighting riots and protesters that, that turn violent. When you have uh, the face of the NBA saying this stuff, at the same time, 
much of the apparel uh, for the NBA is made in the Uyghur, the Uyghur prog- uh, province where there's forced labor camps, cheap, cheap labor, detention centers. These, some of these people are separated from their families. Some are even killed for standing up against the Chinese government in their Muslim. Of course, you know we're not going to allow that to happen in our country. We want freedom. We have, we have senators and we have congresspeople, congresswomen and men, certainly women, that are Muslim. And we stand up for their rights like we would for anybody else's. And I would die for their right to have free speech just like I would anybody else. So LeBron is, cause, is the social, social justice warrior against um, police brutality and other inequalities over here. But they pale, absolutely pale in comparison to the social justice atrocities, social justice inequalities and the uh, human rights violations that are going on in China, which is also the reason he makes billions of dollars in contracts. Because Coca-Cola and Nike, they get a lot of their products are uh, manufactured in this province where these people are forced to do cheap labor. So you think he's uh, maybe dancing on a, on a little landmine there? He, he's uh, he's financially obligated. That's where his money comes from. See, I think we know why he wants to stand up so hard to someone tell Daryl Moore he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not that. LeBron doesn't want to lose his money. The owners are just as guilty. Uh, there, was a, there was an article um, uh, or an interview with, um, what's his name, the... Um, I just lost uh, for the um, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. His name escapes me all of a sudden. But anyway, they talked to him as well. And uh, same thing. They said, don't you guys want to stand up? Mark Cuban, that's who it was. Mark Cuban, uh, I think it was uh, someone interviewed him and asked him, like, hey, don't you guys have anything to say about the human rights atrocities that are going on in the Uyghur province where the NBA does business in China where they hide this? And much of your apparel and much of the things that you manufacture and make billions of dollars off of is manufactured in this in this area and she had to really just keep pounding him before he finally admitted that he doesn't believe in there should be any social justice he's against the I mean social uh, human um, rights violations all over the world and he would not say China and she finally forced him he finally said we're against that too well they're not really against it they don't care it's all about the money and we already know that through many podcasts we've listened to before. It's all about the money. So NBA players, NBA owners, the NBA in general, make so much money in China, they cannot say anything negative about them. And they won't do it because it'll cost them money. So you know what that is? That's a bunch of cowards. You'll take it. You'll you'll do a quick diversion and say defund the police. And you'll say everything's bad and ugly and we're terrible over here. It's a horrible country. But we're a thousand times more free than they are in China. You cannot stand up and have it. And LeBron talks about free speech. He doesn't believe in free speech because China, they don't have free speech at all. But he makes billions of dollars off this country. That's China, that's what I'm saying. He makes billions of dollars off of them. So he doesn't care. It doesn't matter if there's human rights atrocities going on over there. He just wants to make his money. And he's not the only one. All of them. Hey, I like the NBA. I, always, I used to. I'm an Atlanta fan still. I like Trey Young. I really do. But I can't find myself to spend anything I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend anything. I'm not going to pay to go to a game. I don't watch the games anymore. I can't do it. This group is sold out. It's all about the money. They do not care about other people. They don't care about social justice. Yeah, they'll throw social justice out there to spin it in a way to get people riled up, get excited. LeBron James is just a pawn. 
He's an absolute pawn. He is the face of the communist country, a communist country, CCP, communist China. He is the face of them. It makes them look appealing. It makes them look like they're good guys, but they're not. LeBron, um, the Mavericks owner. It's just, it's Mark Cuban. These guys, they're all part of it. They're all guilty. But they'll sit here and say they're holier than thou. They're corporations. They're all part of and everything. Stand up for this and stand up for that. But yet, while on the on the other hand, they're in places over there where they have uh, social inequality and social justice and uh, human rights atrocities. It's a hundred times worse than anything we we see over here at all. It's nothing compared. But they'll spin it over here to just divert your attention away from what they're really doing, making their money over there. So next time you see LeBron James speak or Mark Cuban, some of these guys speak, just know they're lying to you. They're all lying. It's all about the money. Everything they say is about the money. Every bit of it is. And just remember, every one of them, they're just pitchmen for China. They're selling out for China. They don't care anything about you. They want you to spend the money, your eyeballs to watch the games. They want you to buy the jerseys. They want you to talk about the games around the water cooler. They don't want you to find out that that jersey you got that you're wearing or those Nike sneakers you're wearing or other corporations that work in the same area over there, they don't want you to know it was created in a sweatshop through forced labor, through cheap, cheap labor to take jobs away from Americans. They don't want you to know that. It's not about race. This is something China China discovered years ago. They know by helping cause division, it makes them stronger and us weaker. And LeBron James and Mark Cuban, you guys are guilty of supporting and holding up China way more than you are. Yeah, way more than, than the United States at all. You're actually um, um, supporting a communist country over the country that you live in with the freedoms that you have to make millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. The freedom in America afforded you that opportunity. Yet, you're pushing the narrative of a communist country by being complicit in taking all the money. So I don't care how good and how uh, honorable you try to appear to be LeBron and many other NBA players and Mark Cuban and other NBA owners and so many others outside of I haven't talked about some of the other things that are going out there in, in Hollywood and um, media and education uh, they do the same thing you know, they try to make themselves look like they're holier than thou they're better they're all humble they're great they're doing the same thing they're, they're blocking, diverting your attention from what's really happening over there while they're making millions of dollars off of people in China, uh, off of you just to ignore that. But it's just, it is, it's, it's just mind boggling, uh, the lies that they spin and then the media is completely complicit with it to make these people look like they're great. They're honest, humble people. No, they're tied up in the CCP and they make millions of dollars and they've been paid off. And they know if they stand up or try to do anything, their entire revenue stream will be gone. So the next time you watch the NBA, just remember, and they try to tell you to believe a certain way, guess what? They don't believe that way. They're just doing it to try to make money. And that's all there is to it. Um, so because of that, I don't watch the NBA anymore. I certainly don't spend any money with them. 
Um, I'm not saying to boycott them. I just want you to know the truth. Just know what they're what you're up against, what these people are standing for. When they're screaming about other things, just know they're also complicit and they're propping up the CCP for the CCP to, to um, uh, take part in these human atrocities, human rights issues, human rights abuse. And they're standing right there with them. And they're making it okay because they don't stand up against it. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Um, and I tell you what, um, go out and search for the truth. You got to know the truth. The media, our mainstream media, is not going to tell you the truth. Your, your sports superstars are not going to tell you the truth. Your newspapers are not going to tell you the truth. Your Hollywood entertainers are not going to tell you the truth. Because it's all about the money. They're not going to do something that's going to affect their revenue stream. And if it takes lie on top of lie on top of lie, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. We're in a lost world. And pretty much a valueless landscape. The values are gone. It's just going to take people like you and me and others to stand up and fight against people who aren't going to tell the truth. They're not going to tell it because they've been... Um, they've been bought off. They've been bought off. And they can't. Hard for them to to change their course at this point now. They're too deep in the lie. So therefore they go for every lie and they tell you to believe every lie because they can't have anything affect their money. (sighs) Bunch of cowards. They are a bunch of cowards. All right, have a great day and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, hey, uh, just if you want to make a difference in your community, in your country that you love dearly, uh, start getting involved in your local community. Get involved in your church. Um, go out there and just uh, find the truth and share it with others. Start your own podcast. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. If you can share the truth with just a few people, it's worth it. Um, teach it to your kids. Teach it to your family. Let them know what's going on out there. So much of it is hidden. Um, just go out there and share. Be bold. We're trying to save our country. We're trying to save uh, the future for our kids and our grandchildren and future generations. we got to stand up and be strong um, for what the truth is. Right now, our society wants to tell you uh, that a lot of things that you and I know are wrong and they're untruthful uh, and just lies. They want you to tell you that it's okay, and if you don't go along with those lies, we're going to cancel you. You know what? Don't apologize. You know what the truth is. You know what God says. You know, you know what's truthful. You know what real values are. You know what um, being honorable, being honest. If people aren't doing that and they're stuff and you know it's not the truth, then don't go along with it. Stand up. Standing up for what's right is way more important than just ducking your head and going along with it. So make a difference. Get your, make your voice be heard, whether in your school, school boards, uh, your church, your local community. Go do it. Uh, we got to be brave.